You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Would you, O Father, in thy mercy and kindness, breathe your spirit on us so that we may see Jesus in the proclamation of your word. And we ask these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If what Peter confesses about Jesus Christ is true, then everything changes. I don't know if you grow weary in your faith or perhaps even a bit weary in your existence. I'm, I'm not by nature melancholic, and I, and I certainly won't bleed in front of you this morning, but, but I'm in my 40s, and I guess depending on your perspective, that's old, young, or just in the middle, but there is something about being 40 on the backside of life's mountain, I guess now heading down, that has arrested me. I didn't anticipate this, but it's happened. And I've been thinking a lot about these things lately. I've been thinking a lot about meaning and purpose and existence. These are the basic questions of of our human existence that we inoculate ourselves from by all kinds of noise and activity, but but when the music stops, the questions surface again. What does it all mean, and why am I even here? I've been thinking about something else, too. I'm, I'm also amazed at how often I have to relearn things. Have you ever had the experience, maybe at a party, where someone asks you if you've read a book, and you say, no, I haven't read that book, but I probably should only then to go to your bookshelf, find that book there, and actually see that you've made marginal notes to yourself. I mean, in other words, at one point in your life, that book meant something to you. It made its impact on you. And now, you had completely forgotten about it. Has that happened to you? It's happened to me. Do this in remembrance of me, Jesus says. He must have known something about human nature and our propensity to forget. He certainly knew something about me. So at the risk of too much personal disclosure this morning, I've been wrestling a lot lately with meaning and with memory. And with these thoughts percolating in my own soul, our texts for this day, the gospel reading and the epistle reading, they were forced on me, so to speak, and I'm so grateful. I would lie to you if I didn't confess my deep need for these two texts, and I assume your deep need as well. You see, I I know these gospel texts, the gospel texts and the epistle texts, I've known them since my childhood, or at least parts of them. Uh, Who do people say that I am? Well, some people say that you're John the Baptist, or you're you're, um, Elijah, or Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. Well, who do you say that I am? And Peter replied, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then Jesus says, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, Peter, but my Father who is in heaven. And what about Paul? I beseech you therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto him. It's your reasonable service. 
And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is good and perfect and the acceptable, pleasing will of God. I've known these texts since I've known how to know. But I needed to read it again. I needed to relearn. It's so easy to forget. Because if Peter, if what Peter says about Jesus Christ is true, then everything changes. Now, I should say as an aside, um, it would be a really big deal if Jesus were Moses or Elijah or Jeremiah come back to Israel's midst. They had been without prophets for about 100 plus years, actually probably 300 years, and now here's Jeremiah again or Elijah, for goodness sakes, Moses himself. But Jesus is more. He's the Christ. He's the promised king. He's the son of the living God. You see, our gospel reading that we heard read this morning is a seismic text In other words, if what Peter says is true, then its effects on humanity, its effects on the world are totalizing. So can I ask you the question this morning that I've been asking myself this week? Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Talk about an eclipse. This text is an eclipse in that it blocks out all competing truth claims. It focuses our lives toward their true source, their true goal, and reason for being. Where is meaning to be found in our world? Because we all know that our desperate attempts at happiness cannot escape the vortex of unfulfilled desires and downright boredom. Please, someone, point me to the path of happiness. Someone point me to the the path of purpose and meaning. And here on this Judean roadside, Peter confesses, you are the Christ, you are the son of the living God, and we have to relearn it again and again. You know, we can do our work, live in our lives, and do it well in complete conformity to the governing principles of this age. I could even do my work where the truth of Peter's confession is affirmed, but its implications grow dusty as I wax and polish the deep desires of my own heart. And I teach the Bible for a living, it's awful. How about that? Clergy can, you can, I can, we can forget. And we have to relearn. And we have to come face to face with it again and again. And Peter, would you please tell us one more time who Jesus is? And Jesus, will you please help me to believe that it's true? Because if it is true, and we confess that it is, then its impact on our lives is total. And then there's Paul. Paul hears our gospel reading this morning, and Paul says, amen. <laughs> that, that's true. I've been telling you about this for 11 chapters of dense and rich theology in the book of Romans. You do know that few books of the Bible have changed the course of the church's history and its long history more than the book of Romans. Ask St. Augustine, ask Martin Luther, ask Karl Barth in the last century. Paul in Romans is telling us about the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. All humanity is under God's wrath, yet God, being rich in his mercy, saves sinners 
Life is under the tyranny of sin, life marked by the old age, but it's now given way to the new age in Jesus Christ. And there's no condemnation to those who are in Jesus. God's promises are irrevocable. God handed his own son over for us, and nothing can separate us from his love. I can't go high enough, and I can't go low enough to escape the riches of God's grace the reach of God's warm embrace in his Son. Paul tells us all throughout Romans that God is for us. And in a world of hurricanes and nuclear threats, flammable politics, dying Christians around the world, it's so hard to believe that God is good and that he's for us. I believe this is a great challenge to faith, if we're honest, a robust commitment to the goodness of God. But Paul this morning insists on it. He, tell us that we, he tells us that we cannot escape the sufferings of this world. Our bodies are still located in the old age, and we suffer the effects of sin's continued presence and tyranny. But at the same time, and infinitely more so, Jesus is raised from the dead, and we are his, and we are safe. God is for us, and he's good, and he won't let us go, and we can cuddle up in the warm and thick mane of the Lion of Judah, because Jesus loves sinners, and he brings the entirety of our existence into union with Jesus Christ. He is good. Therefore, Paul says, after 11 chapters of his gospel symphony. Therefore, because God is merciful, because God is good, because God is for us in Jesus Christ and we have died and raised with him in baptism, because nothing can separate you from his love, Paul says, I'm going to tell you the meaning of life. I'm going to present you a picture of true freedom, of true liberty, Present your body as a living sacrifice to him. Present the totality of your being, everything about yourself to him as a living sacrifice. Not as a dead sacrifice. All of that's over. Jesus died for sinners once for all. But a living sacrifice. Remember, if what Peter says about Jesus Christ is true then everything changes. And if the gospel presentation that Paul provides in Romans is true, then everything changes. Christianity, religion, church going, not just a part of our bodily existence. Jesus is everything. So, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. I like to fish, play some golf. I I work at so-and-so place of commerce, and I, I check the religion box as Christian on my Facebook account. I have no idea what I'm talking about, by the way. I, I don't have a Facebook account. And all of that would be fine, perhaps even admirable, except for these two texts this morning. Because if Paul and Peter are right about Jesus, well, you know. My entire, my entire bodily existence is for him. 
Genuine happiness is found in him, where again and again, our minds, Paul tells us, are renewed to this truth. And it's the only response to the gospel that makes any sense. It's our reasonable worship. I'm yours, Jesus, completely, totally, and unreservedly. These two texts are gracious reminders of what it really means to exist and what it really means to be free. I'm not my own. I belong to another. I belong to the one who gave everything for me and his son. I belong to the one who claims me in his love. Who would have ever thought that true freedom is found in bondage to Jesus Christ? I don't know about you, I needed the megaphone of these two texts. I needed to relearn their central claims. And can I tell you something? I'll need it next Sunday too, and the Sunday after. I'm so fickle. My heart's such a moving target. I'm so glad that here at the Advent, our bodies are so involved in the worship. Kneeling, standing, going forward to the communion rail, listening to the preached word, tasting the gifts of grace in the sacraments. They accustom our bodies to our true identity in Jesus Christ. If I can use technical and pompous language, these bodily activities habituate us to our true identity in Jesus Christ, even on the other six days of the week. And someday, we will never have to relearn. Someday, we will never forget. But until then, and here in this particular moment, on this Lord's Day today, may I remind you, as I've reminded myself, that if Jesus is who he says he is, and if Jesus has done for us what Paul says he did for us, then everything changes. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.